Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have a beautiful soul here today. Her name is Dr. Livia Luna, and she's the founder of Moon Collective Sanctuary. She's a licensed clinical psychologist in private practice with over 15 years of clinical experience based in California. Dr. Luna founded the Moon Collective Sanctuary post-pandemic with the intention of creating a space for integrative care using various healing modalities such as soul discussions, breath work, sound healing, body movement, Reiki, and hypnotherapy to promote mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. The Moon Collective Sanctuary offers boutique single-day, weekend, and corporate retreats as well as other individualized healing services. It was through her own healing work that Dr. Lydia Luna has learned to use her barriers and hardships as a catalyst to continuously search and create meaning and purpose. Dr. Lydia Luna uses what she's learned personally, academically, and professionally to guide others through their own healing journey. She has dedicated herself to helping people tap into their inner power, strength, and wisdom to experience a freer life with a greater sense of love and appreciation. So amigas, this is, without further ado, Dr. Lydia Luna. How are you, Dr. Lydia? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. Very happy to be here and speak with you and share my story. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for being here at Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And so what I love to do, and Amigas always tell me like, oh, I like that you do this, but get the background behind because, you know, obviously we're known within our communities, but this is a podcast that is global. And so I always want them to know where they're from. So give us a little background story. Who is Dr. Lydia Luna? Oh, there's so much, but Briefly, I was born and raised in Santa Paula, California. That's in Ventura County, which is the county between Los Angeles and Santa Barbara. 
Yeah. So Santa Paula is a very small town. It's known as the citrus capital of the world. And there everybody knows everybody. But yeah, so I was born into a family of Mexican parents. So I'm first generation Mexican American. We spoke Spanish most of the time. That was my first language until I started going to school. And then we had to obviously pick up on English. But I, with my mom and my dad, there's four children. My mom started really young. She had my sister at 16, me at 18, my brother five years later, and then my other brother four years later. So we were a larger family because I also have half siblings, uh, half sister that's older. And yeah, so grew up with my family. We had some great memories, but also there was a lot of difficulties. So there was domestic violence in the family. And eventually it led to my parents splitting up when I was 13. And there is when the real lesson started coming that kind of molded who I am today. When my mom and my dad split up, my mom was forced to be a single mom with four children. She didn't have employment history. She didn't have a formal education. And she was now out on her own in the world trying to survive with four children. So for me, that was the time when I was like, oh my God, like this is how it happens when you fully rely on somebody and then they're gone. So for me, first lesson of like, make sure that you are set and that you never have to depend or rely on anyone else. Not a man, not anyone. Like you've got to make sure that you're good. So if people come and go, like you stay set, you know? So from there, we thankfully had a lot of family support and they're the ones that carried us through this. We would live with a family here, a family there until my mom was able to really establish herself. And she started working a lot, which meant that I had to help my siblings with all the daily responsibilities. And so I helped raise them in a sense. My older sister, she had a baby at 15. So that meant she had moved on and was, you know, focusing on her own family. And it left me and my two younger siblings. So from there, it was, I learned what it was like to be a caretaker and, you know, like raise, kind of raise some kids. And so from there on, I was having a really hard time dealing with all of this because it was like we were all on survival mode. There was a big shift in the family. And I I felt myself going astray. I wasn't doing well in school. I was hanging out, just, you know, doing, just getting involved with the wrong activities, you know? And I think it was like around... 17 or 16, 15, like 15, I think it was actually, I got involved in church. I was, we were always into church. Like, you know, we'd go to Sunday mass. We were, we grew up Catholic. So we do all that. I did my, some of the commandments and all that, but we weren't consistent later until I was like 15. I was introduced to this apostolic church and I started going there. And that really then shifted also my course later in life. I really became attuned with like spirituality and what it meant to really feel spirit inside of me and how to gain strength through faith. So, and how blessed it was to be a part of a community through difficult times. So that was really helpful. So that was a pivotal time. It was really helpful. Later, I ended up getting married and 
I realized that I was entering into the same cycle as my parents. You know, I was in a tumultuous relationship. The same issues that were in my family life were repeating themselves through my own relationship. And I was just like, oh, how did I end up here? You know, but that was also important in my development because I realized that like patterns repeat themselves. If you are not aware, you know, if you're not intentional, like somehow you will end up in the same place. So, uh, so then during that time, I married really young. I was like 21. So I was, you know, going to school, junior college, getting some courses. And that's when I discovered psychology. It, it really led the path to my career. And I don't know if we want to get into that now, but I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love what you're saying. I'm, I'm like, you know, saying yes to her <laughs> as she's talking because there's so many similarities, I think, in with your life and my life, having to raise your your siblings, mm-hmm. essentially. I, I know when I was growing up, I used to be like, I didn't have them. Why do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as a kid, you don't yeah. want to. I mean, and it's true, like kids shouldn't be doing that you know, right? Like raising other kids. So I totally feel you like in terms of like raising your siblings. And then also you had mentioned about, you know, patterns repeat themselves. So I wanted to address that Mm -hmm. a little bit for amigas out there who don't really understand that. Can you like, just give us a little insight? What do you mean by that? So, you know, even in my work as a psychologist, or just in life, right? There's this whole argument of nature versus nurture. How much of ourselves are we from our environment versus even genetics and, you know, all of that lineage stuff, generational stuff. So um, I truly believe, obviously, that both have an impact on us. There's memory imprinted in our DNA from our ancestors. That's why we know things without really knowing why or how. You know, they're just innate understandings. And also our environment shifts us because what we see around us is what is our norm, you know, what becomes normal to us and what we think is okay and what is familiar. And as human beings, the brain just loves, loves the familiar. We love to just do what we know. And so if you're raised in a certain environment with certain dynamics, it's unconscious that we then kind of follow that because that's what we're used to. And we don't, Either we think it's normal, we don't know any better, or sometimes it's also believed that we're trying to repair these traumas. So like if sometimes we are, we are, let's say we were victimized in some way, we then recreate these opportunities where we become the victim to then learn our own strength and come out of it. So it could be almost like a healing opportunity for us. So that's what I mean by patterns repeat themselves. Sometimes too, right? Our parents give us as much as they were given. So I believe that oftentimes parents don't mean to intentionally hurt. They're just passing down the pain that was given on to them. And it's up to some of us to at some point decide like, this is not going to repeat itself. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. Especially from work. Yeah. It's like, for instance, like in domestic violence. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be repetitive. Like mm-hmm. if you don't break that cycle. I remember when I was working at this organization called San Pedro Community Legal Services and no longer exists, 
but we were doing a lot of domestic violence work. And I learned that there's the wheel, the domestic violence wheel. It's like there's a honeymoon phase, you know, everything's okay. And then boom, the same thing. And so that pattern continues on if you don't break it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So, you know, patterns repeating themselves and then we get to unblock them. Mm-hmm. Now, you had mentioned that you were taking psychology mm-hmm. and you eventually became a psychologist. Yes. Right. Yeah. So tell us, like, I know from your bio that you did some work with in autism and mm-hmm. in your community. So are you still doing that kind of a work? Or are you not, or is more more now your focus on Moon Collective Sanctuary? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of my previous history was surrounding autism, and I still love to support that population. But re- more recently, yes, I have shifted more into the private practice, providing psychotherapy, and into the wellness space, cultivating these immersive experiences for people's mental health and overall well-being. But that, you know, my previous experience really shifted even with what I'm doing today, just seeing so many families in need of support, so many families getting burnt out, because I think culturally, even too, as Latinos, we're we're conditioned to just give so much and do for others and like forget about ourselves, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, especially like, mujeres, especially. Yes. Like yeah. we're putting ourselves at the bottom. And I always say to amigas, I said, no, 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 no. First you, you yes. pour into you first and then you have overflow. Then you can give to other people. Yes. Yeah. And it's a tough concept. Like it sounds easy, but people, there's a lot of judgment that comes with that and negative self-talk and criticism. Like I'm selfish. How can I, what about them? And, and if I give to myself, like, am I ignoring or neglecting them, the others, you know, but it's like, no, no, no. The more you take care of yourself and attend to yourself, the better the quality of what you give when you give. If we keep giving and giving, we become so depleted that resentment comes into play. And now we're giving like with a different quality, you know? So it's like, let's focus on us. Like every single person needs that, like is, and is deserving of that. That's another thing that comes up when we talk about self-care. I don't deserve it, you know? And it's like, everybody deserves to feel good, to be okay, to take care of themselves. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you completely. I, I just came back from a retreat and, and I, I didn't hesitate to lock in that retreat because I knew that I needed to serve myself first. Yes. Cause then I come back and I'm like, okay, I'm inspired. I'm doing things, cooking more. I'm being more present with my family. Yes. Yes. It's like, not only are you doing that for you, but you're also role modeling for your children, right? Like value yourself, take care of yourself, prioritize yourself, because then you can really be attuned to you and then give out to others. So it's not just about you, but also role modeling to the other generations that it's not always about doing, doing, giving, giving, but just like taking care and being oneself and tuning into us. 
Yes. So that kind of uh, leads into the conversation of how you created the Moon Collective Sanctuary. So tell us, what is that? And the reason why you created this. And so that amigas out there can see that sometimes we have these fabulous opportunities where we get to shift our practices. And I'm so, so happy that you did something like that. So tell us, please. So all of this started from a calling. You know, we sometimes have that inner voice that's hanging around, kind of poking at us with like messages. I remember uh, like, well, me knowing that I wanted to help people started at the age of six. Like I remember that, that memory of being a child and telling my dad that I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to help people. And he would have me study medical books when I was little. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to play, you know, like why do I do homework and study muscles and bones? And so I was like, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Like, I just want to be a kid. And so fast forward, once I was in the field of psychology, I loved that it forced us students, right, to like work on ourselves. Not only are you understanding human behavior, but you also have to do the work. You have to be the patient. You have to know what it's like to be the receiver. So I loved that component. And so through my different internships and experiences, I was like absorbing and observing different types of helpful modalities and treatments and all of that. And I kind of just like, I remember when I worked at a luxury rehab facility, that's where it kind of sparked like the vision of like, wow, I see the value of people just removing themselves from life and just focusing on themselves, like making that space to really work on healing, on self-healing. And so there is where I saw like breath work, sound healing, you know, acupuncture, all these different things put together in one space and like the magic that it provided, group therapy, individual therapy. So I was like, I kind of want to do this, but for typical people, like, you know, you don't have to get so far into mental health illness where you're going to mental health facility because that has its own stigma. People maybe don't want to do all that or you don't want to have to have a substance use issue to arrive here. You know, like just for people that are tired, that are burnt out or that just need to reboot and rejuvenate. Like, where is there a space for that to attend to the mental health, to your body, mind and spirit, you know, like all of it. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing the work with uh, the autism population, I would get like little signs inside, like, you should do a retreat. When are you going to do a retreat? And I was like, oh, but I'm doing this, you know? So Long story short, there was a shift in my career where I had a mentor, by the way, a very wonderful mentor who who took me under his wing and really helped me develop who I was. Like he saw me before I saw myself and helped me believe in me. Like he saw so much potential and he would push me and force me out of my comfort zone to do things. And he worked at the agency where I previously was at. So I felt like indebted to him to stay, to stay, to stay, you know, because there was so much growth there that was happening, even just being under his wings. But he ended up passing away and things ended up shifting where for me, there were a few circumstances where I was like, okay, it's time to make a shift. And then the pandemic happened 
And that's when the voice got so loud that it was like, now's the time. Yeah. Now is the time. So here we go. And I was like, but people can't do, can't get together right now. Like we're not doing, there's everybody's isolating social gatherings. We're not allowed. Like this is the wrong time. And it was like, nope, nope. Start now. Set the foundation because once this pandemic thing is over in terms of isolation, people are going to be in such need. And where are they going to go? Like you need to create the space. Yeah. So how Moon Collective happened. And in terms of what we offer, we offer various healing modalities. So we support mental health. So through our slow discussion groups, that's where we talk about where are you at in this moment? How is your emotional well-being? We do a deep dive into your current state. How are you feeling? What's happening for you? What do you need to process or integrate? And then using whatever you get from that day and taking it into your practical life. How can you use this like after you leave today? And then we also do breath work to open up people energetically to remove stagnant energy or emotional blockages. We do sound healing to ground people and bring healing on a cellular level and rejuvenate. We offer Reiki, hypnotherapy, coffee readings for insight. I mean, it's just like this. I love it. Space. Yeah. Oh my God. So do, is it like a, a building that you host all these things? You know, I actually, right now it's out of my home. It's in a residential facility. And I actually was intentional in that because, you know, back traditionally in our ancestors, you know, with our ancestors, healing happened in people's homes. Like there was an element of being, yeah, in like a cultivating warm environment. And when I worked at the luxury rehab facilities, that's how they were. They were like home bases. So you didn't feel like you were in an institute or a facility. You felt like you were at home. And it's part of like almost, huh? Yes. Yes. So there's different sections of where I live, obviously. So it's not in my home, but it's part of the home. So we do our gatherings outside and then there's a different section where there's healing work that's done and it's quite beautiful and magical. It's like a vortex here. Nice. Nice. And this is in what city? In Thousand Oaks, California. Thousand Oaks, California. And so I know I was looking through your website, like you have different dates for, for retreats and whatnot. So what's the soonest retreat someone can sign up for? On November 20th, which is a Sunday from one to five. So with our offerings, we have different days with different time slots. So for those that want to take full advantage and have a full day, we offer six hour experiences that's coming up on December 10th. And um, there is where we usually do breath work. We do soul discussions. We do sound healing. Sometimes we do coffee readings. And then for those that can't take off six hours, then we do a four hour offering and there we do cacao, breath work, soul discussion and some sound healing, but the length is shorter because of the time. But that was part of the mission too, to make our services accessible. So we want to make it so that if you can go on a weekend getaway or a retreat in Costa Rica, just come to Ventura County. Come spend a day with us. And I promise you that one day 
will shift your consciousness, raise your vibration, and you will leave feeling like full of love and just spiritually rejuvenated. It's pretty magical. Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I can just visualize it so, so much. I mean, I, I'm all about retreats. I, I participate in breath work and participate in sound healing. And I like, it always takes me to a whole different level every time. And the thing that, that I wanted to really do is because when we do these things, a lot comes up for us, right? We do the breath work and there's a lot that we're like, whoa, what just happened? I either got messages, there was an emotional release, or now I understand things. And then with South Bath, the same things can happen. We enter a different state of consciousness, and then we download material sometimes. And we're like, whoa, that was cool. But then it's like, we go home, and then we go to work. And then it's like, how do we integrate that? Or can I share with somebody what just happened? And then to have that sense of community where you can talk about this on an ongoing basis and just hear also other people's experience. So now you have a witness to your process, you give to others. It's amazing to have a space where like we can talk about these things and integrate and, and support one another. Oh, Another thing that I, we're starting is like an ongoing program where it's going to be a cohort of our attendees, our alumni, that if they need ongoing support, we're going to just keep going and growing together. Nice. I love that. That is so important because, you know, like we go to these big events, like I know I've been to Tony Robbins, the all those types of events. And so you come back and you're like, oh, what's next? Like you're pumped first, but then. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. It kind of goes to the wayside if you don't continue on. And if you yeah. do create these, these cohorts, it's going to be fabulous for the beautiful people. It's co-ed, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you just brought up co-ed. We also do different types of retreats for different populations. So we have like an all men's one because I really believe that Women, we're pretty good at naturally seeking out support and creating women's groups and all these things because we love to talk and share our emotions. But men are conditioned to be different, you know, like they're told, don't feel, don't cry, suck it up. And now we have a lot of people that have difficulty connecting to their emotions, identifying them, expressing them. And if you have a hard time doing that, then it's hard to connect with people. And so it's affecting relationships, it's affecting their mental health. And I really believe right now there is a shift where men are needing more spaces. So we sometimes specialize some of these gatherings for men mm -hmm. or for maternals, you know, for the maternal, for new moms or moms in general. So we kind of specialize them based on different populations, whatever we feel called that need support at that time. Yeah, you know, with men, I, my um, husband, I, he supports me in all ways. And I, there was a situation that occurred about a year ago um, that really did some work on him, meaning like he really had some mental health concerns. Mm -hmm. And so I've been really good about like trying to steer him with, mm -hmm. EFT tapping, hypnotherapy, I'm, you know, and doing all those things and like coaching him. But I always feel like he's doing this with me 
But I would feel that it would be much more important for him to be with men who are in the same place Mm -hmm. and can open up. So I'm so grateful that you have these types of retreats for men because they need it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like Latinos. They're told. Oh my gosh. Yes. Worse, like way worse things in terms of like, don't express your emotions. Even the languaging behind no seas mandilon, like Uh that, that in itself, like because you're caring for your wife, now you're considered a mandilon. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's sad. It, and we can all feel the repercussions, you know, it's, I notice sometimes where it's like when we encourage men to tap into their feelings, it's like, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be weak. That's weak. And it's like, no, that's being human. Like humans feel all the feelings and how sad that men are not allowed to to tap into them. And then, but then we expect them to meet our emotional needs and to be <laughs> understanding. And like, you know, it's like, that's not fair. We're telling them, don't feel your feelings, but then like, feel my feelings and like, get me, you know, but they right. can't because if you don't attend to your own, how can you give? Exactly. Like what we started off with, right? Mm-hmm. Like first you got to give yourself in order to, you know, pour onto others. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm definitely going to find out when your, so your men's retreat, is that like periodically or like, when is the next one? We're planning for late January. So I'll definitely let you know, but that's in the works right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It almost seems like this, this episode had to, it was for my husband. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's been so fascinating that, you know, as I'm doing this work, there's always this, um, wondering like how is it going to turn out how are people going to respond and it's been beautiful to see that the men they're ready like we think okay are they going to be like quiet reserved apprehensive no like they're ready to talk they're ready to share they just need the space and facilitation you know and then once they hear somebody else then somebody else says something and it just like magic is created and there's value in knowing you are not alone. And actually most people are experiencing very similar things. And then there's like advice or input or feedback that one can give to the other, you know, it's pretty powerful. It is very powerful. So you're in this stage, you're still doing clinical work, right? For your own private practice. Yes. I'm just putting myself in your shoes. I'm like, I like this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it too, it taps into my creative side because they're never the same. By the way, like the core offerings are pretty consistent, but the rituals and the themes that evolve for every gathering is different because it's based on who shows up. We do interviews before people join to make sure that they're an appropriate fit. Our groups are small, like nine or 10 people max, because we want to make it that intimate experience and we want to make sure to attend to everybody. But it's so, it's been so magical to see like there's always a theme that evolves. Even when we have our own theme in mind, the universe has a different theme because like each group that shows up has a commonality where it's like, wow, we're all tied in this moment together by certain circumstances or experiences or whatever. 
And so it allows me to tune into that creative side where I get to like create different activities during the retreat, different rituals and things like that. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. I love all this stuff. So I'm sure you, either me or my husband or both, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to have you. <laughs> so Amiga, we, we can keep on talking. This is all up my alley. I love it. But before I let you go, I always ask my Amigas who are here, I'm like, if you could provide me with one or two tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it was really difficult to boil it down to two. But I think as I was kind of contemplating on this, one major thing is to allow yourself to slow down. We are in a society where we are overstimulated. We are told to keep doing work hard, do this, do that, take care of this, be that, like just so much where let's follow the seasons. We are organic in nature. And right now, especially we're in fall season, it's time to slow down. And then we're going to enter into winter, which is hibernation mode. And in these times of slowing down, reflect, assess, how are you? How is your life? Are you okay? What do you need? You know, and like in the stillness is when you can hear your inner voice, when you can have your inner dialogue with spirit, with God, your higher power, whatever you want to call it, like in the stillness, silence, slowing down, can you really feel how far you've come, how resilient you are, your power and your strength and all of that and remove that feeling of like, I have to do something or else I'm being lazy or I'm being a loser or no, you need to slow down. It's okay. And just give yourself that space. Okay. And number two, practicing gratitude is so important. Whenever we need to lift our mood, whenever we're feeling down, a great way to just pick ourselves up is just to practice gratitude. Like what is working right now? And even not right now, but what has worked in the past and what's going to work in the future? Like feel the good in every moment because every moment has so much good. It can have not so good, but also a lot of good. And if, if we're not intentional about remembering that, it's very easy to get sucked in all the drama that's happening around us in the world. And we have enough of that. We need more light. We need more positive energy, gratitude. And yeah, I would say those two things. Oh, I think they're wonderful. Just to be in a place of allowing, just to allow being slow, slow down. You know, it's like, there's, where's the rush? Yeah. <laughs> where's the rush? Where are we going? I mean, like when we're in traffic, like, uh, but it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, you're going to get to where you're going to get to. Just enjoy the process. Like yeah. it's not a race. And what happens oftentimes when we do race through something, once we arrive, we're like, okay, now what? And then we go again. It's like, slow down, even slow down there after you've reached your goal milestone, like take your time, slow down there, enjoy, feel it, you know, and then go on. Right. I know. I know. It's, it's, uh, sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, Oh, I need to do that. And I'm like, hello, Jackie, shut up. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) And And then I'm like, 
breathe. <laughs> yeah. All these things, relax. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. Yeah. All in divine time. We're supposed time. to enjoy all of this. It's yeah. supposed to be so fun. We take it too seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. And no, just slow down, have some fun, enjoy the ride. Yes, yes. Well, amiga, with that, thank you so much. I love what you've been saying. And amigas out there, make sure you connect with Dr. Lydia Luna to either for an an in-person consultation or for her retreats. I mean, they sound so fabulous. So, you know, maybe you'll see me in one of those retreats, amigas. (laughs) (laughs) You're all welcome to come. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, doctor. Thank you too. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.